0: this is Josh Mills
1: and this is George back again
0: welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings we are happy to have you guys along with us on this journey for another week and I know a lot of you may have been looking forward to having not just George and I but also Rum Guy Dave Kevin and Steven and the foul mouth ladies with us but it just didn't work out over the weekend when we were going to record this. We Dave just did a great job of hosting and we just had too many great things going on for us to sit down and take the time to record. So you've got just me and George again.
1: Sorry guys, it would have been way more entertaining with everyone else.
0: <laughs> but sometimes you just got to modify and adjust with how life gives you. So you've got us again, but this is going to be a really fun week. Uh, we are doing liquors again this week. And George, why don't you kind of tell us uh, what we're doing this week for our liquors?
1: So I've pulled a few of my higher-end whiskeys out of the box to share. And we are going to compare Blanton's, which I know has been done before on the podcast, with Caribou Crossing, which is basically the Canadian version of Blanton's. So, And I've had both these whiskeys I won't give it away, but they're very, very different, very well done, and we'll definitely get into that a little more later for sure.
0: Yeah, and we're going to be talking about kind of the differences also between American bourbon and Canadian whiskeys along the way. So not only are you going to get to understand a little bit more about these two different whiskeys that we have, uh, you'll get to learn along, along the way as well. Alright, so before we begin, we need to talk about the blind from last week. So Jordan blinded me on a beer, and I said it was, I got down to it, I said it was a brown ale. And I thought it was Moose from Big Sky Brewing. So Jordan, why don't you tell us what it was?
1: It was Moose from Big Sky Brewing. It is one of my favorite browns. It's kind of been there through the beginning of my beer journey. And he had the advantage of knowing what was in our fridge, so
0: (laughs) yeah, I mean it is an advantage, but it also just reminded me, like, of what it's supposed to taste like. So it was a great representation of a brown. So I really, a, I appreciate you uh, uh, sacrificing one of your, one of your bottles or one of your cans of it to the to the cause. So, but now you're gonna be, we're gonna get to share some of your. Nice bourbon or nice whiskeys that we've got. So, we're going to go ahead and start with the Blanton's single barrel bourbon. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, so this Blanton's, for those of you who may not remember, Blanton's is a bourbon. It is a Kentucky straight bourbon. So, we know that it comes from Kentucky because it's got Kentucky on there. It's bourbon. So, it's going to follow all the bourbon laws. And Jordan, do you remember all the bourbon laws?
1: Dude, no. Am I supposed (laughs) to? I just know that I like bourbon a lot.
0: (laughs) So, the bourbon laws are 51% corn, made in America. And there are some proof levels that it has to come out at when it's being distilled and then when it's actually bottled. And it has to be, has to spend time in new a first use american oak barrel and there is actually no delineation on the time for just bourbon now because it's straight bourbon we know that it's been there in there for over two years blanton's is a single barrel you know what before we get into that i totally forgot about the food um so once again george and i have a smorgasbord of food on the table and we're kind of bringing some of our uh, EPL weekend to you guys. Uh, the These are foods that we had at the EPL weekend uh, from our snack tray. Uh, for the meats, we have a Genoa salami. We have pepper rind Genoa salami. We have copa. We have wild boar salami. We have, yeah, this it's the Car- Carmeliany wild boar.
1: Oh, it's not the wild boar that I brought. Yeah. Because I was like, we didn't cook that. Sorry. My bad, (laughs) y'all.
0: This is a a wild boar dry salami. And we have some duck ham. And then we have some Toulouse sausage. And some smoked um, salmon. For the cheeses, we have some Wisconsin cheddar. We've got some great blue cheese. We have goat cheese. We have comte. We have uh, some gouda. We have some brie and
1: some more of that onion cheddar oh that's uh, right the, reappeared so the,
0: uh, the caramelized onion cheddar, and then we have some merlot rub or merlot rind belaventano,
1: yeah, and then we've just got some garlic non cracker bites um from Trader Joe's as well as some of the pita chips from Trader Joe's.
0: Yeah, so we got once again, you know, it's George and I. So there's a smorgasbord of of food on the table.
1: I love cheese and meat. Sorry, guys.
0: <laughs> but uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and get back to the bourbon. Now, Blanton's, like I was saying, is a single barrel bourbon. Uh, they actually also list the barrel number on there, don't they, Jordan? What's the what's this one? So
1: this one. Was, this whiskey was dumped on 2-4 of 21 from barrel 359. It was stored in Warehouse H, which is where they store all of their plantains. So, you know, if you find a bottle of plantins that doesn't say Warehouse H, it might not be plantains. It's fake. And it was on Rick number 11, and it was bottled by hand at 93 proof.
0: So ninety three proofs, so that's forty six and a half percent. For those of you who would like to have percentages over proofs, and we're going to talk about Warehouse H here in just a minute. But so Blanton's is not only just a single barrel, but it is a single rack house distillery, or a single, or a single, what is it? Warehouse is mm-hmm. the term that they use. I've heard them called hot houses, rack houses, but they use the term warehouse. Uh, but it's actually made by Buffalo Trace Distilling. So it is Buffalo Trace's best of the best of the best. So Jordan, go ahead and eat and snack while I'm chatting here. And just get ready for me to, you know, ask you questions about the food while I drink. Food. And eat. Uh, so, like I said, this comes from Buffalo Trace Distilling. Uh, Buffalo Trace Distilling is in Kentucky it has a storied history you know from back in the 1700s in 1770s and you can kind of see on their website as they the distillery area kind of goes through the process of when people arrived and who started distilling you know they've been distilling in kentucky before it was even a state you know when it was just the territory of kentucky so There's also, along with Buffalo Trace, kind of in the same area, there's some other distilleries that have kind of come together and, I guess you could say, distilled together. Uh, One of those is E.H. Taylor, or Colonel Edmund Haynes Taylor Jr. He started E.H. Taylor Jr. in the new distillery, and he started with a small fortune, and his investment was $70,000 in 1872. So that was I mean $70,000 back in, you know, 1872. That's a that's quite a quite a hefty sum. And they kind of get they kind of started, you know, as part of bourbon is, you know, you have to let it sit and you want to let it sit in the hot Kentucky or the hot southern summers. So then through the winters so that you can get the kind of the the interaction with the barrel. And so they started building warehouses. And obviously they started with a and B (laughs) and they've gone all the way up. I'm sure they have tons of them now, but Blanton's ended up to be where they put their best of the best and their best of the best always was in, in warehouse H now, I don't know because I don't know the whole production because I haven't been able to go out there and and visit. I don't know if that's the only thing that's stored in in warehouse H, but I know that Blantons is always in and It also
1: houses my dignity.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh Jordan, why don't you kind of tell us what you've been snacking on and and how it goes with what you're drinking?
1: everything and it's all delicious (laughs) let's
0: be a little bit more specific
1: (laughs) i just had some of this blue cheese didn't put it with any meat didn't even put it in a cracker just got a hunk because blue cheese is amazing and the funkiness of the blue cheese and that little bit of sweetness you get in the blantons actually complement each other very very well Um, um i had some of the smoked salmon but i had that a while ago so i might need to revisit that But yeah, just anything that's got a smoke or a funk is going to go really well with this. Not that sweet won't, but you're going to fight sweet with sweet. And Blanton's isn't super sweet. It's just got a nice light hint there. So anything that's super sweet is just going to kill the sweetness of the Blanton's. And in my opinion, you lose a lot. So I don't have any candy or anything on this tray
0: yeah and i so i had a little bit of the of the goat cheese surprise surprise that i'm the one you know eating goat cheese as (laughs) as we're going through this and first but the thing about blanton's is it's extremely smooth it has a nice kind of vanilla-y and kind of citrus zest uh flavor to it And it's just kind of really, really smooth. That's the thing about Blanton's to me in the high end bourbon. You know, you get all those good bourbon flavors, but it's just very, very clean. It's very smooth. There's the flavors are integrated. They are kind of a little bit, you know, harder to just not distinguish, but really kind of flesh out from each other's because of how well integrated the whiskey is. You know, Blanton's always you know you know the name comes talking a little bit about the name is they they started making this single barrel blantons in 1984 so the distillery's been around for a long time but blantons itself kind of came down to 1984 nearing the retirement of elmer t lee who was their master distiller at the time and he kind of You know, was kind of looking back on his career, and when he was working under Colonel Albert B. Blanton, the colonel was, you know, the president's distiller (laughs) in 1952. You know, he remembered remembered him talking about these honey barrels, or these, like, perfect barrels that would be hand-picked by Blanton and put in... Put in warehouse eight, and that you would bottle it one barrel at a time. So that's kind of where the tradition of it came from. And it wasn't until the year before that Lee retired that it was sent out to everybody else. It was kind of just held back as Blanton's and Lee's special special whiskeys. So they they really go for these these particular. They call them honey barrels because I just kind of think of like the honey pot, like the best, the best of the best.
1: Our own private stash.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, Warehouse H was kind of back right after the, it was built right after the prohibition was uh, ended in 33. And one of the things that happened was when production went so, so high. You ran out of places to put your barrel, So Colonel Blanton was the one who decided to do a new distillery, or excuse me, a new warehouse, and they started with a metal warehouse because it took it would take short, it wouldn't take that much time. And that metal wall aged the bourbon differently, because most most warehouses are all wood, you yep. know, no kind of insulation, nothing, anything. But with the metal. It actually heated things up and cooled it down quicker because you know wood is a slower conductor of the heat than than metal and so that gave that really big effect of the of the wear of the of the weather into the bear into the barrels, which kind of aged it differently, so that's kind of a little bit of the history behind h warehouse h and kind of where Blanton's came from and Blanton's website has a really cool uh they've got a great like history page and they even talk about the the stoppers because we we as we've talked about the four the stoppers on Blanton's are, are a horse they each have a letter and the letters spell out Blanton's and what what it is is for every Every top is different, or every letter is different, and it goes through all the strides and poses that a horse can go through from beginning to end. So the B is kind of as they're walking up to the gate, and the S is kind of that pose after they finish where you know the horse's stride is, is not as strenuous, and the jockey's kind of up in the air, kind of floating along. Um, the one we have, it looks like a A?
1: Today, we have the N, and it is the N with a semicolon behind it. So it is the second N in Blanton's. Yeah. um, Because they had to differentiate between the two N's, obviously. So the second N has that semicolon behind it.
0: Yeah. And I didn't know this. They didn't start with those stoppers until 1999. So for a while, it just had a regular stopper on it. They didn't start the actual. Collecting, collecting was until like you know bourbon collecting kind of started in the late nineties.
1: The stoppers are super cool. If you've never seen them, I know that um, Josh will be putting up pictures on the Instagram page, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure we could get like a close up of the stopper if you really wanted to see the detail because it is quite amazing.
0: Yeah, they're really really pretty and they're extremely well done. You know they're cast metal, so it's a it takes a you know they put a lot of effort into this bourbon you know the bottle shape, the special warehouse, finding the particular barrels that do just right, and then the stoppers and the the labeling and everything so it's a it's a you know it's a labor of love, and it's to me it's one whiskey that's worth the price now. Is it at my current income? Is it a buy and drink every day? No. It's very limited on when this bottle, when Jordan allows the bottle to come out to be shared.
1: It's true. And Kevin, if you're listening, there is still some in the bottle for you and Renee.
0: Don't worry. And I didn't know this until recently. You know, there are other types of plantin. You know, Mm -hmm. there's. Blanton's Gold Edition, which they...
1: I've seen all the bottles. Um, their original mm-hmm. Blanton's is the only one that I've ever personally been able to have. And it's its hard to find in general, so I bet the other ones are even harder to find and probably pricier than what is in my budget.
0: Yeah, and it talks about like the Gold Edition is just a little bit more complex, and it... You know, it's just a little bit different, a little bit more special. It still comes out at the same proof. And then there's the Blantons straight from the barrel. So that would be a barrel-proof, a cast-proof Blantons. And we can't really tell you what that's going to be because it depends on the the particular barrel.
1: Christmas is coming up if you want to send me a gift to (laughs) anyone.
0: You can send that. You can send the receipt to acquiredtastings at gmail.com and we'll make sure it gets to the right place. <laughs> and then there's Blanton Special Reserve, which is, I guess, the higher or the highest level of Blantons that you can get. And, and I, I I don't even can't even imagine what the price is.
1: My half birthday is December sixteenth, then there's Christmas. And my <laughs> actual birthday, obviously, if my half birthday is December sixteenth, it's June sixteenth. I do like presents.
0: So this one they actually bottle at 40 percent and the special reserve is actually not available in the american market it's only an international market so i guess you know we'll have to fly international and get that duty free and mm-hmm. see what we can find you know speaking of that there was one time i can't remember where i was flying to i remember sending you the picture i went into duty free and they had like probably 50 Fifty or more bottles of Blantons that they were selling, and I was like, "Dead gummit! Why am I not flying international right now?" Aren't
1: you going to New York?
0: Yeah, that's what it was. I was going to New York last um last December to go see the Harry Potter show on Broadway, and yeah, they had a ton of blantons and I was like, "Dead freaking gummit!" I mean, you could have spelled out Blantons. Probably plenty of times with how many bottles that they had. But anyway, so you international travelers out there, you can probably check it out. All the bottles that we talked about, Blanton's, are available in both the U.S. and an international market if you can find it. Bourbon hunting in Arkansas is about as popular as duck hunting, I would say. So it can be very hard to find some of these bottles. You kind of got to know who to ask and know where to go.
1: Yes. Very much so.
0: And be ready to pay because, you know, I think, I think Blanton's or Buffalo Trace says like the MSRP on this is like $69, but it's definitely more. (laughs) You find it for more in a store and then even higher in aftermarket or multiple markets. Yeah. So uh, as I've been jibber jabbering, what you've been eating?
1: Um, the, I think the only thing on the plate I really haven't touched is the pepper-crusted Genoa salami. I love spice. I love pepper. Occasionally, though, the amount of pepper that they crust that with gets a little bit much for me, and I don't want to kill my palate because not only do I want to enjoy the very little bit of plantains that is still in my glass because I've definitely been drinking more than you have, but I really want to enjoy this Caribou Crossing because I know how incredible it is and I know how incredibly different it is.
0: Yeah. Well, do we wanna go ahead and kind of switch over?
1: Sure. I mean, I can set this plants aside and revisit it later.
0: Yeah, I think it'd be fun to like do a true side by side kind of after we Yeah. After we get into it For a sure. little bit. So Caribou Crossing is a Canadian whiskey. And before I go into all this, let's go ahead and get a cheers in,
1: because <clears throat> it's what we do. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, I did bad oh, eye contact. A bad
0: eye contact. Cheers.
1: <laughs> so different.
0: Yeah. So, it's so different.
1: Incredibly different.
0: So let's let's talk about Canadian whiskeys. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. Canadian whiskeys are corn-based whiskeys that have some mm-hmm. rye added into their mash bill. Okay. That's mm-hmm. kind of the basic some of the basic characteristics of of whiskey it in order so this is under Canadian's Food and Drug, Drug Act the minimum conditions for it to be pro, to for it to be labeled as Canadian whiskey or Canadian rye whiskey if you're going to do that is it has to be made and distilled in Canada okay so it has to be mashed distilled and aged in Canada. So you can't distill something in Canada, ship it over the border to the United States and still call it Canadian whiskey. Okay. It has to be aged in small wooden vessels for not less than three years. Okay. So it has to be three years has to be in Canada and just says wood vessels. It doesn't say what type, what type of wood. And it contains not less than 40% by volume alcohol. So we're looking at 80, at 80 proof there. And then here's the big one with Canadian whiskey. And there's a very popular Canadian whiskey company that I'm sure uses quite a bit of this. And still calls it Canadian whiskey. It may contain caramel, as in caramel coloring, and flavoring. So there are some Canadian whiskeys out there that are a lot sweeter than the one we're drinking right now. And it's because they allow for caramel coloring and flavoring. But the three years in barrel is pretty going to kind of be pretty indicative of that coloring. You know, it's, that's it. You know, that's kind of the, that can kind of be what it is. And even though there's like a big variant, they still also have this like additional requirement that, they may possess aroma, taste, or characteristics generally attributed to Canadian whiskey. So there's there's a big boy out there who uh, who loves the flavoring of their Canadian whiskeys, and I have not had a whole lot of that brand because it's really sweet. Uh, I do want to try their peach though, because mm-hmm. I've heard the peach is really, really, really good. But. Uh, I've heard
1: the salted caramel is really good, which I know is going to be overly sweet for me. They have a Um, salted caramel. Yes. From what I have been told. But it only comes out at Christmas time and it sells very Very quickly. quickly. Um, I have friends that will put it out on their Facebook. They're like, if anybody sees it, pick it up. They'll pay you for it because they love it so much. So Caribou Crossing, though, it is a single barrel Canadian whiskey. Um, it's 80 proof, so that—that 40 percent that, um, alcohol by volume, for you people who prefer those percentages. <laughs> yes, I'm being a little smart alecky. Um, and I've been hunting this bottle for a couple of years now.
0: Yeah, quite a quite a while.
1: Somebody recommended it to me that if I liked Blanton's, I should pick up some Caribou Crossing and give it a try. And then I just couldn't find it. Liquor stores didn't have it, um, hadn't heard of it, whatever it was. And so finally, I was in one of our local liquor stores here in town. And I know a couple of people that work there. And I asked one of the guys and I said, hey, do you ever get it? And he said, I do, but I only get about three bottles at a time. And it's, I get it like maybe once or twice a year. And I don't have any right now. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. So it became that question that every time I saw him that I would ask. And one day I asked and he said, I actually have it. Do you want a bottle? And I said, yes, please. So that's how this bottle came to be.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's very good. So with it being, with it having the allowances and the things that we've talked about, I don't believe this has any caramel coloring in it or any kind of flavoring.
1: You get some caramel on the palate, but I don't know without looking it up and I'm not sitting here in front of a computer or anything. To me the caramel is very natural. Yeah. That would come through a distilling process. I don't think it has any like artificial flavoring added to it personally.
0: Yeah, I I really don't think so. So this This whiskey, this Canadian whiskey is, so it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. So it's, it's in a line of, of, from a company called Sazerac. Okay. The Sazerac distilling company who, if you've ever had Sazerac rye, that was kind of the beginning of the company. This is in a group of the company called Sazerac Legacy de Forge.
1: And Shancy.
0: the way they kind of say it is, it's you know, these are liquors inspired spirit by Sazerac. So they're they're a lot of them are usually their own thing, and then they kind of came underneath the conglomerate umbrella of Sazerac, allowed them to kind of do some of the better of. This is actually where Pappy Van Winkle. Pappy Van Winkle has owned Eagle Rare. E.H. Taylor, George Stagg. Those sorts of bourbons are actually underneath this umbrella from the Sazerac Company. So there is a lot of kind of overplay here. Blanton's is actually owned, or or, excuse me, Buffalo Trace is actually owned by the Sazerac Company. Uh, They, I think, are in the line of Sazerac the Forge, I believe is where where that is in their kind of in their brand umbrella Sazerac company is huge very much so they are massive but i think they're kind of doing this by themselves i think Caribou is Caribou Crossing was a company that was doing this already and kind of came underneath the umbrella of Sazerac it's actually the first ever single barrel canadian whiskey um they say in the world but I think that's you know that's probably it may have been the first one that was internationally recognized or recognized in Canada because a lot of Canadian whiskeys are larger batch. they're not really done single barrel they usually don't focus kind of like in the bourbon worlds or in the in the American whiskey world is done but what do you taste in this one?
1: So there's. It's a lot sweeter than Blanton's. It's got a lot of, like, caramel. Um, there's some spice to it. I can't put my nose or my tongue, my taste buds on exactly what spice, but there's some spice, some caramel. It's, well, it's hard to tell because one of these glasses is cut crystal and the other one is not. I so think the
0: Blanton, or excuse I me, the Caribou's carib- a little bit darker.
1: I think the Caribou's a little bit darker as well. And it's just one of those, like, I, it was suggested and I wanted to try it. And the other thing, yes, it's hard to find, but it's about half the price of Blanton's. So if Blanton's isn't in your budget and you can find some Caribou Crossing, you can get a really nice bottle of whiskey for quite a bit cheaper than what Blanton's is selling. So that, you know, that made me a little bit happier because paying that much for Blanton's is not always in the budget, but I can usually find half that. <laughs>
0: Right. <laughs> In the budget. Yeah. And I mean, it's it, it, it it's considered the Canadian Blantons. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of one of the reasons we did this side by side. It's considered the Canadian Blantons. Some yeah. of that may be Sazerac Marketing. It may be that they both have cast animals on top.
1: Yep. The Caribou Crossing has a beautiful cast metal caribou on top. I've also seen that they do a maple leaf but the bottle that I got has the caribou on top and the bottle has etch, like an etched caribou and mountain scenes on two of the sides. And then obviously caribou crossing single barrel on one side. And then on the back, it's got, you know, your little flip about caribou crossing.
0: Right. And, you know, some people kind of, so it, I think Caribou Crossing can get a bad name because it's Canadian whiskey. And we have bourbon snobs. We have whiskey snobs in the world. And Canadian whiskey always kind of is on the (laughs) back foot. It is considered, I would say, by many, it's considered the bottom tier of country's whiskey.
1: Yes, but it is still considered one of the top five whiskey nations in the world. So the fact that it gets such a bad rap surprises me because if you've done any of your research on the great whiskey nations of the world, it's Scotland, Ireland, the U S Japan and Canada, Mm -hmm. not necessarily in that order, but those are your five major whiskey nations of the
0: world. And as in anything, you know, they, they have a particular style of whiskey that they do. They have and they are tend to be a little bit more sweeter on the palate, whether it's from flavoring or anything that's added, depending on this one. But they they tend to they tend to remind me of really, really good maple syrup. Like it has that kind of barley tendency. It has that vanilla. It has some of those lighter citrusy notes, but always with that kind of earthy earthy sappy kind of sweetness this is very subdued it is like to me it's in i think for a lot of people it is the pinnacle of canadian whiskey it is the best canadian whiskey out there it is still i i don't know if anybody else in the canadian whiskey market that's imported the u.s does single barrel whiskeys i've never seen i've
1: never seen it i've um
0: like, I've never seen Pendleton or yeah. Crown Royal. I know Crown Royal does an XO, but I think that... It, I don't even think that's a single barrel. I think it's just kind of in the lines of, like, Port XO or Cognac XO. It's just a special one that they do. It doesn't mean that it's single barrel or anything like that. But I I think that this would be probably the pinnacle, especially for a bourbon drinker or even a scotch drinker. Now, scotch drinkers are going to have a hard time with this because it is it's like Coke.
1: It's so sweet compared compared to a scotch.
0: Yeah. It's almost like, you know, club soda versus a Sprite, kind of in the levels of sweetness or even no, maybe not that different. It's probably more like tonic. Like tonic to a Sprite. You know that there are some characteristics which are the same, but there are very, very big differences in kind of what it, in the kind of the way it, way it's done. So I I think it's really good. Um, it has gone well with the, it went well with the boar sausage, which I thought it was going to with that earthiness of the boar against that kind of sweetness of the, of the whiskey. It's gone well with the Bellaventano having that kind of nice salty, a little bit kind of sweeter feel. What have you had with it?
1: It went well with the Toulouse. Um, The Toulouse has just a lot of herbs and spices in it, a little bit of pepper, um, and that pepper and that spice kind of cut the sweetness of the whiskey down a little bit. Not that it is an overly sweet whiskey. I cannot stress that enough. It's gone well with um, the smoked salmon. That we've got on the plate because that smokiness plays really well with it. Um, I'm about to eat some brie because brie. Yeah. And I'm probably about to eat some blue cheese because the same thing I said
0: about brie. (laughs) Just
1: interchange blue cheese there, people.
0: Yeah, and I I just had it with that caramelized onion cheddar. That caramelized onion cheddar has
1: How was that?
0: It's got sweetness. It's got umami. It's got that kind of Almost like spices, but it's not. I know it's that kind of earthy umaminess, and it goes so good, so good with this whiskey because that sweetness brings and it matches that sweet umaminess that's in the cheese, and you're left with that nice, sharpy, oniony kind of flavor.
1: Uh, the brie with that creaminess that just coats your entire mouth. That's that's really beautiful together. Mm -hmm. If you have not tried it with the brie, I highly suggest it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Probably will. But what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to take a second and I'm going to clear my palate with a piece of of pita chip because I'm going to do like a legit side by side. You know, I've got some Blanton's left and I've got some caribou crossing and I actually want to go through and just talk about the two of them as they are.
1: I think I'm going to join you with that. I grabbed it a piece of a uh, pita chip as well. I've got some water that I'm going to sip kind of cause I just ate blue cheese. So it might take a little more than a pita well, chip. Before to, uh... you do
0: that, how's the blue cheese with the, with the caribou?
1: It wasn't bad, but it wasn't my favorite. I think the funk of the blue cheese. Yeah. Just, it didn't play as nicely as I thought it would.
0: Do you think more of a like Dilton style blue cheese would work? Because this is, this is more like a Danish heavy, Heavy blue, really cream, like more creamy on the palate. Not quite as dry as some Stiltons are.
1: I think a Stilton because too that, like you said, it's so creamy, it would kind of get that same thing as the brie, where it really coats your mouth. But the brie went really well with the caribou. But that that particular blue cheese was not my favorite pairing of the evening.
0: Yeah, because kind of what made me think of that is like why port and Stilton go well together, Mm -hmm. and. You know, that sweetness matching the weirdly funk with that kind of creaminess kind of would go well. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to the Blantons. I'm going to try the Blantons first, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to kind of nerd with this and kind of really kind of dive into it and talk about it, and then we're going to go to the, and you are more than welcome to join me at any point in the nerding out.
1: He will get way more nerdy than I will, but I will join him with um, a little bit of the Blantons there that i've got
0: left so when you smell it you're getting a lot of wood you get a lot of woody flavors you get kind of i almost get like a cinnamon kind of cinnamon bark but not like not like cinnamon in a dessert if you've ever just no. smelled a straight cinnamon stick
1: yeah
0: that woody cinnamony kind of thing you get some
1: i got some like honey sweetness on it
0: yeah and i get some like vanilla with it too
1: I, definitely some vanilla there
0: yeah, that honey that honey sweetness stays in the palate. Oh. It's very light kind of nuttiness. Not even a nut I could describe. Like I I don't eat a whole lot of like really light nuts, like kind of macadamia nuts or uh
1: It's got like a creaminess of a macadamia nut, but not the same flavor. And almost like that wittiness that you get in a Brazil nut, it's like if those two had a baby, I think that's what this would be.
0: Right. And I was thinking like a honey roasted one with that Mm -hmm. light kind of honey flavor. And you get some citrusiness too. I do. Make sure I roll it around on my tongue. It's definitely like caramely. Get a lot of good caramel flavor. The heat of the alcohol is very present. Very present. Especially when you kind of roll it around your mouth before you drink because a lot of times, why I'm doing that is because a lot of times when you we drink, especially liquors, at least for me, they'll just kind of run straight back in my mouth. And yeah, I'll-
1: they don't really hit like the sides of my cheeks, the outer edges of my tongue. Um, and you've got a lot of different sensors, sensory stuff throughout your entire mouth, not just your tongue. So like, you know, you're not getting any kind of potential pucker that you might mm-hmm. get if it doesn't hit you know, the sides of your cheeks. So, yeah, I rolled it around as well. Just kind of gave it a good little swoosh.
0: Yeah. But while that and so while the alcohol is very present, it's just a very warmingness in your mouth. I don't feel like I'm going to like I'm breathing fire.
1: No, not like at it all.
0: stays through, but definitely getting a lot more caramel, a lot more like sharp citrus, but no acidity to it, which is really strange mm-hmm. to me. There is like very light acidity to it. Don't think I'm not saying that. It, there's no, there's no acidity, but when it comes to the flavoring of it, you get that. Like I said, kind of the the light, super light honey roasted nut. A little bit more of kind of a creamy feel when you just drink it. But when you go ahead and like roll it around, you get a little bit more sharpness to it.
1: Yeah, definitely. And there's definitely some like honey, almost honeysuckle even, not just like honey because it's lighter. It's more floral. It reminds me of some of the Hawaiian honeys that I've had in my yeah. life. Just really floral, forward, light, mm. but extremely flavorful.
0: Yeah. They do it does really kind of bring out that the more floralness on the palate, especially when you kind of open it in your mouth and kind of let it kind of let it roll through i I am still just flabbergasted by how smooth this whiskey is, yeah, it's like I get why it's considered the honey pot, yeah, or the honey barrels is what they call it, like you just keep yeah. saying the honey pot
1: but yeah it's just it's just beautiful, um,
0: I wish very it good. was
1: definitely in my budget more often, that's <laughs> but it's not, so you know it comes out on occasions, and I really I will occasionally just break it out by myself, but one thing that. People know about me is I really love to share good whiskeys because that's really a big part of my enjoyment is watching other people enjoy them and being able to talk about them. So that's why when people are like, oh, Let's have let's have a drink. If you're a whiskey drinker, I will if you were in my home or anywhere, like I will almost always go pull something out of the box. Yeah. That I wouldn't necessarily have gotten out that night. But if you're there, good whiskey is meant to be enjoyed with good company, in my opinion.
0: Yes, definitely. Now I'm I've, I've kind of cleansed my palate. I'm gonna go ahead and go into the, into go for the caribou it. I'm going crossing.
1: to cleanse now.
0: So it's a lot lighter on on the nose. It smells like a rum. It has this like caney sweetness. Like almost kind of like a cane sugary sweetness, but the alcohol that's coming through this glass, so we're using Glencairn glasses. Is a little bit more prevalent and it's a little bit tending toward just like ethanol, like just alcohol rather than some sort of like integrated flavors. I'm not getting a whole lot of wood or anything to it but it's definitely burning my nostrils when I get down in there and and give it a big old snifferoo.
1: I definitely get the more so of the ethanol um, but there is some sweetness to it. It's more on the lines of caramel versus honey in my opinion. There is some spice but like you it's definitely more of a a burn, yeah. Than what the Blantons does for me,
0: but that that burn doesn't actually present itself when you taste it. I t- I mean, I'm getting the hot, the heat from from alcohol over my mouth, but it's not a big burn as you drink it, which you might think is going to happen from just how it smells. Yeah, um, it's a it's a lot lighter. in flavor than the blanton's there's a lot comparing the two right next to each other there's not as much going on in in the caribou crossing as there is in the blanton i'd be very curious to think about why that is and it could be the whole barrel aging process because with bourbons you know they're honestly allowed to almost be exposed to the elements when they're going through their barrel aging process but that environment is not in canada like you can't get that environment in canada it's just without artificially doing it right you can't do that so it'd be very interesting to see like some of the barrel houses and warehouses and how that stuff is stored to see what they're doing because it may take longer to get that flavor. I'm just also thinking of like how Scotland does theirs because theirs are all, you know, inside and a little bit more control in a more controlled environment and think about how much longer they have to age their stuff or they age their stuff. But I, I think it's, they kind of have to, to get to the same kind of smoothness that we're tasting.
1: Yeah. I mean, didn't you say that for bourbon, in the U.S. it has to be aged at least two years. Uh Is that correct? Or for, am I?
0: For just bourbon, there is actually no age designation. For Kentucky straight. For
1: Kentucky straight, sorry.
0: I'm going to look it up. I think it's it's either two or four. So go ahead and go with your point. I, and I'll have I
1: thought answer. you said two years for Kentucky straight bourbon. Minimum of two years. And I thought you said it two years for Kentucky straight. And I believe you said that the caribou crossing was three years. That extra year could just be that, you know, it doesn't get as hot in Canada. It doesn't, you know, the elements aren't quite as intense and it's definitely a lot colder for a good portion of the year. And so, you know, it's, it needs that extra, in my opinion, and I am no expert, but it needs that extra year to get there.
0: Yeah. So to have the to have the word straight, it has to be aged for a minimum of 2 years. Okay. Now, I think Blanton's goes over that. I really think they probably hit the 4 and above range. They don't really say because I believe I, I bet they're kind of going for a particular just style. And every year's different, so it could you know, it could take 3 years if, we've, if they have like three hot years in a row, it could take more if they have <laughs> it could take more if they've had cool years, or if the summers or if the winters have been warm and it hasn't allowed that time to like I don't know the whole like chemistry and stuff behind it, but I, I think they they don't really say, but I know it's at least two years, and like you said, that that extra year could make the difference. But yeah, it's it's really, really caramel-y. Caramel flavor. Now, I don't think they've added caramel flavor to it.
1: I, I really don't either. Um, Especially with the particular color of this whiskey, which my hands have been all over this glass, so it's not necessarily super clear anymore. But just like looking at the color and even looking at the color in the bottle. Yeah. You know, it. it's not super dark and when you tend to start adding Caramel color and caramel flavor to it. It tends to darken things, so I don't think you know they've they've done that.
0: Yeah, I I I really don't think so either. Because there's also like a florality, a light florality with this whiskey that that I don't think would be there if you're gonna mess with it too much. You know that that light florality is there. There's some light citrusiness. Yeah, I don't. You know it's.
1: And let's be honest, unless somebody writes in and asks the specific question for the answer, I'm probably not going to go research it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you want to know questions from Jordan, you know, just write in to, you know, send us a DM at, on our socials, you know, in, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. And I mean, or just, you know, as dad always says, be old school and send us an email. Yep. But uh, so between the two of these, I can't say one's better than the other. I can say where I might lean in my preference, but I, I can't say which one I like better because it's almost like comparing. And I'm going to go back to a soda analogy. It's almost like comparing cherry Coke and Coke. Like they're similar, but they're, they're baseline, like they're, they're meant to be. They're meant to be different. And I can't. I can I I can't say which one's better.
1: So one thing I'm going to be nitpicky on is, you said you couldn't say which one you you liked better. <laughs> you can say which one you like better. You can't say which whiskey is better, because I will definitely tell you I prefer blantons over Caribou Crossing. Yeah. I like it better, but is it a better whiskey? I can't tell you that. And can I sit here and tell you that you should like Blanton's more or that you will like Blanton's more? No, because your taste buds also are very different than mine. Yeah, You probably haven't done years of damage to your taste buds like I've done to mine.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Through various things. <laughs> I, I, may, I may have misspoke. I meant to say I could tell you which one of these I prefer. See, you but said that
1: but you turned around and then said I can't tell you which one I like better and I was like, "Oh, you just contradicted yeah. yourself and I had to get nitpicky." So.
0: "But I can't tell you, but I can't tell you which one of these is a better whiskey."
1: Yeah. I because, agree with that
0: 100%. Because they're meant to that's like what I was talking about with the with the Coke and Cherry Coke analogy. Like they're meant they're meant to be different. Or maybe a better analogy would be Coke and Pepsi. Because they're still both brown sodas that are supposed to fill a certain void in your in your taste buds, but they're, they're different. Yeah. So like it, for me, the, because I enjoy some sweeter stuff than you, I think, which I prefer could change on the day because today I'm in a Blanton's mode, but I could see that there are days that I would be like, okay, that caribou crossing is going to hit the spot. I know it. It's going to have that sweetness that I want and it's going to be better. Also, I think Blanton's would be a better beginning of the meal, and Caribou Crossing would be a better end of the meal.
1: I can see that. Like, just in general, the sweetness difference between the two. Yeah. For somebody who doesn't eat a lot of sweets, doesn't eat a lot of desserts. I will on occasion, don't get me wrong, but um, I I always joke that I drink my desserts. I don't eat them. Um, And this would be, because I don't like ports, they're too sweet for me this would definitely be a great like after dinner drink for me because it's got that touch of sweetness I want, but it's not overly sweet. And it would definitely be something that I would very much enjoy.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of exactly where I was thinking in the process was it does, it kind of fills some of that sweet void. And if you're doing like a cheese tray for dessert with some, because a lot of cheese trays will have like I could just think like this with some figs and some honey and goat cheese or some even the right kind of blue cheese or Yeah. whatever. I think it could just really hit and be very, very good.
1: Well, since I am a heavy kid on a seesaw and my caribou crossing is gone, I guess I'm going to go finish the very little bit of my plantains that I have left. Josh is definitely the one that paces better than I do. Well,
0: it's not only just that I pace differently than you. I've also have talked a lot. True. And I can't really drink I'm not a ventrilo- ventriloquist, so I can't drink and talk at the same time. Now, I guess while I'm finishing, because we always gotta ask this when you're on the show, <laughs> would you like to share any stories about whiskey or these whiskies with our with our listeners from your from your life?
1: So I think anybody who has listened to the past episode our high low whiskey and rum one has heard like all of my Blanton stories. So I won't rehash that too much.
0: If you haven't, go back to that episode.
1: Go back to that episode.
0: You'll get to hear the boys that you missed on this episode. Which is fantastic,
1: by the way. Um, Caribou Crossing, this is my first bottle, so I don't really have too many stories with Caribou Crossing. Whiskey, though, it's been a longtime favorite of mine. You know, I used to drink Jack and Cokes with my mom every Friday after I got off work. Um, For a while, I lived with my parents in my later part of my life, around 25. I lived with my parents for a couple of years and I was working full time, but living with them and paying off some debt. And I would get off work and I would go by Sonic and get two large Diet Cokes and bring them home and we would sip them down and we would top them off with Jack and Cokes And we would watch TV or a movie or whatever or play cards and wait for my dad to get home because at that time he traveled all the time. So a lot of times he would fly in on a Friday to Little Rock, drive down to El Dorado where my parents live. And we would drink Jack and Cokes and eat very similar to this, just some kind of like meat and cheese snack tray and wait for dad to get home. So.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of. You know, not only the the whiskey, but just the the kind of food that we're having. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, and then just a drink. I got into whiskey kind of in college. It was a little bit later in life than some people got into whiskey, but I drank a lot of whiskey in college. (laughs) A lot. Um, Sorry, mom. What What was kind
0: of your whiskey of choice back in college?
1: So you know, being a broke college kid. I drank a lot of Jack because it was a little bit better than some of the other whiskeys out there. Yeah. And you could get a lot for relatively cheap. I drank also because I was in Montana. We drank quite a bit of like Canadian club and some of the different Canadian whiskeys. Pendleton was always readily available. Yeah. Um, So those were kind of my whiskeys of choice. And then as I got older, and started listening to my father a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, I started to drink more like bourbons, um scotches, stuff like that. Now I am not a peaty, smoky scotch fan. We won't go down that Rabbit Hill cuz we're not doing scotch, but I like my <laughs> good like highland scotches. I'm a Macallan girl. I'm
0: yep. not stay away from the aisles. <laughs>
1: I'm, you know, McAllen, Oban, that type of girl.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, so you mentioned that you had a lot of Canadian in college. Would you mix it or was there any kind of straight or was it like shots? Kind of how did how did it go down with your Canadian um, whiskey?
1: It depended on who I was hanging out with. Did quite a few shots of like Pendleton. I would also mix like Jack and Coke was kind of my go-to mm-hmm. with Jack. I've done a few jack shots. They're always rough. What
0: would you do, like Pendleton and Coke? or?
1: I really didn't mix... Like, if I did Pendleton... I'm trying to remember what we would mix Pendleton with if we didn't drink it straight.
0: Would it be 7-Up?
1: Yeah. And then I drank a lot of, like, 7-and-7s seven or Makers-and-7s because that was my grandfather's favorite drink. And so... um you know, we would like I'd go visit him and we'd always have cocktail hour. That was a big thing with him.
0: Yeah, of th- that whole generation, you know, that's kind of where my story started when it comes to un- like alcohol, but you know, I never actually really I had I have I have some friends who really enjoy the purple bag. Who enjoy Crown Royal. Mm, um, I do too. So they would do like Crown and Cokes a lot. I've had a Crown and Sprite. Uh, speaking of crown by the way a few years back actually it may have been quite a few years now because i don't see time very well when i think backwards it's really hard really really hard to me to think that 1992 was 30 years ago that is very hard to reconcile in my brain
1: yikes i'm old
0: because it just feels like that was just a couple years ago anyway that um crown rye was given the title of best rye whiskey in the world
1: interesting did not know that
0: i think it might have been around the time that you were in college because not college when you were in culinary school oh, okay. because you know the master remember that master distiller that came through yeah i
1: was uh, supposed to be washing dishes and they uh might have let me sneak in and taste whiskeys
0: well, yeah, so I was I was at that. We've talked about this before. And
1: we did not know each other back yeah. then.
0: <laughs> but my dad and, I, dad and I were actually at that. And the guy, I don't think he actually served us, but it was right around that time when Crown Rye was dubbed the best rye whiskey in the world. I think a lot of American distillers got pissed at that. And then started, because then after that, you started to see a lot more ryes coming out of the market.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't like. I don't really have any specific whiskey stories except for like drinking seven and sevens, uh, Seagram seven and seven up or Canadian. makers and seven
0: Canadian mist. Did you ever, did um, you ever drink Canadian did mist? I did
1: drink some Canadian mist when I was really, really broke yeah. or when other people were buying. Thank you,
0: <laughs> Kevin <laughs>
1: Bibler. Thank you, If friends. you ever listen. <laughs> um,
0: well, cool. All right. Yeah. So.
1: Is it blind Could, time?
0: It It's almost blind time. <laughs> we have to do one thing before it's blind time. Your best bites. Mm. So I'll, I'll start. I, I think my favorite bite that I had, and I didn't try everything. The favorite bite that I had with the Canadian whiskey or with the Caribou Crossing was the boar sausage, the boar dry sausage. It was really, really good. It was a very, very close tie between that and the... The caramelized onion cheddar is how that worked but the the gamey umami of the and the fattiness of the salami works really really well with that kind of sweet floraliness of the caribou crossing
1: the brie and the caribou crossing you just got that like whole coated mouthfeel from the brie and then the sweetness i was like Oh, it's almost as good as having a little bit of honey or like a Honeycrisp apple.
0: Which is your favorite apple.
1: Yes, um, with the brie, but not quite as sweet as like you'd get a really good Honeycrisp apple. But it just like kind of gave that memory to me. And so that was delicious. And with the blends, I really, really liked the goat cheese, like the yeah. funk of the goat cheese. Also, the once again, the creaminess because I love creamy
0: yeah, that, that wonderful mouthfeel coatingness that it yeah. gives and how it can interplay with the whiskey mul- or anything that you have with it multiple yeah. times is really good. And
1: the, the duck ham, it's just smoky enough with just yeah. enough fat but not super fatty that it just – and you got that sweetness of the fat. It went well with both whiskeys. Like it yeah. was definitely up there in my favorites.
0: I mean, duck ham, I don't think we've put something – in this entire, you know, hundred and eight, nine, ten, whatever, how many episodes we've done, every time we've had duck ham or any, every time we've had a duck, it's gone very well with almost anything we have put with it. I agree with you with the duck ham, but also the Bellaventano. The Bellaventano went very, very well at the Blanton's. It's got that sweet, but also like a salty funkiness to it that just enhanced things so well. So I think that like. The way that Bella Ventano kind of played on a lot of the things that we talked about just made everything really, really good.
1: And I'm sad because I only tried that with the Caribou Crossing, and it went really well, but I wish I would have tried it with the Blantons. But if, I just finished my Blantons. I might try it later, but I'm not going to pour any more at this particular moment.
0: Yeah, and if I had a little bit left, I would have let you try it, but I had just finished mine as well. And that means it's time for... The, the blind. Board. So Jordan's gonna go ahead and get that poured up, unless you want to blind this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew that wasn't gonna go well. So Jordan,
1: yeah, I'm gonna completely fail the blind. It's gonna be like it's a whiskey, and that's what you're gonna get. So it's gonna be more fun to blind him.
0: All right. So on that note, Jordan's gonna get it poured up for us. All right. So Jordan has got me a wonderful brown liquor blind. I almost said wine, but it's not. It's brown liquor blind, pour it up, and um here we go.
1: And the first thing he did, because I poured myself some, <laughs> is he put his glass up next to mine to see. And I was like, dude, I measured how much I put in the glasses.
0: It looked different. And I know it's perspective and angles and all that crud, but it was just funny. <laughs> anyway, here we go. So like I said, this is a brown liquor. Let's go ahead and cheer since it's new. Um it is a brown liquor. It is kind of on the lighter side of kind of a light amber with some kind of bottom notes of yellow. <laughs> it um, is quite a bit of alcohol coming through in the nose. Uh, this I'm actually tasting this out of a double old fashioned glass. Um, so I'm able to get a little bit more of that kind of uh, smell, but it's not as focused. So there's quite a bit of um, woodiness on the nose as well as that kind of alcoholy smell. There's some of lighter tones kind of a little bit of lighter lighter tones not really like not quite getting you know what i would expect from particular brown liquors that i'm already you know mellowing through in my head just on the nose but let's go ahead let's go ahead and taste it okay this is quite it's quite wood forward so i think it spent quite a bit of time in barrel, it's kind of sweet on the palate, but it's not like it's not like a mapley, caramely sweet. This is going to sound really strange. It's almost like a cherry sweetness. It's got kind of this like cherry, almost uh, not really medicinal, but a cherry sweetness that I, like I akin to when I have a Hemingway daiquiri versus a regular daiquiri that maraschino liqueur kind of cheriness to it which is throwing me for a loop if i'm gonna be honest Mwahaha. okay it's i mean it's smooth the alcohol is not quite as prevalent within the palate as it is when i did a deep big dib big deep dive with my nose you said there's a caramely sweetness there. There's a light nuttiness. It's quite floral. It's, a little, it's fruity. That's the thing I like. I keep going back to, is it's fruity. I really enjoy this. I'm trying to watch Jordan's face so it'll kind of help me figure out any, anything about it because Jordan can be very particular about her spirit.
1: I'm giving nothing away today.
0: She's not. So I know it's not Calvados. <laughs> If you had poured me Calvados, A, I would have been able to smell it, but B, you would have had a hard time hiding.
1: I also would not have poured myself any if it was (laughs) Calvados, so. Exactly.
0: So that kind of helps me.
1: That would have been a dead giveaway.
0: Okay, so the woody quality, the fruity sweetness, the kind of, there's some, finally there it is. There's some grain kind of underneath there. It's a little bit more malty it's not as the grains not presenting as sweet i think the sweet has to do with other things like maybe the barrel what the barrel what it was barrel aged in before this or kind of some of those sorts of things so i'm going to say that this is a grain-based brown liquor so at this point we're looking at our whiskey countries um in the world it is it's not presenting to me as kind of more of a spicy style. There is some of that like kind of sparky spicy in there, but it's not particularly coming across as a rye whiskey that I would expect because of that weird fruitiness there, that fruitiness just keeps throwing me off. And I'm going to, you know, get this one wrong. I think I'm going to kind of miss my streak on liquors. Cuz I've been doing I've been doing fairly well.
1: You're welcome.
0: All right, actually, you know what? Help me with this. I'm gonna bloom it. I'm gonna put some some water in this to kind of open it up just a touch. There we go. All right. Let's see what. Let's see what's uh, showing to me now. Okay. A lot of the same flavors on the nose. It's not quite as fruit forward. It's not quite as alcoholic. But some of that's honestly just the blooming process. Okay. Some of that fruitiness goes away. That fruit that I've been talking about. Kind of goes away. It's a little bit more integrated now. It's coming on as a little bit pricklier now. So, let's start narrowing this down. I don't think it's a Japanese whiskey. It's a little too dark. It's a little too disjointed for most of the Japanese whiskeys that I know of. They're usually really clean, really integrated, and a little bit lighter on the color. I'm going to... It's not a Canadian whiskey is not presenting as sweet enough and the balance of it just isn't quite leaning me toward and a canadian whiskey so we're down to american whiskeys when we're down to scotches and irish whiskeys i don't think it's it's not really making me want to say it's an irish whiskey so i'm gonna, i'm going to take out irish whiskey so i'm i'm kind of down between Ameri- the world of american whiskeys and the world of scotch um, if it is scotch it's definitely not a peaty one it's more of a it's more of a highlands one a little bit that's coming off as a little bold a little brash to be a uh, a scotch let me give it another try Texting the boys and telling them how bad I'm doing.
1: (laughs) No, I had a message from my boss and coworkers about food, not about work. And I was responding.
0: God, there's such a carmeliness to this. There's such a carmeliness to this.
1: You're never gonna get it. I gave you one that was too easy last time. I won't make
0: that mistake twice. Twice in a row. Hmm. Okay. I don't think this is a scotch. The move away from the world of scotch. If it is a scotch, it's a Lismore. It's the Lismore in the green, in the green, in the orange tube. But I don't think it's that. So now we're in the world of American whiskey. Um, So I think it's either going to be a bourbon or a rye. I think it's going to. Man, this is taking me a long time. You know what? I'm going to land that this is a bourbon. The The sweetness that's presenting, the amount of alcohol that I'm feeling, the level of the kind of. It just it when I start thinking about it as an American whiskey, it feels more like a bourbon than it does. I would say this is kind of a medium quality bourbon. I don't think this is, this is definitely not a super high end bourbon. It's probably. But it's not like. Jim Bean. Like it's not it's not down there. It's not like Jim Bean. It's not Bullet. It, it's a little bit in that kind of midter range when it comes to the uh, bourbon. So I'm going to go ahead and say that this is a bourbon and I'm not going to go any farther than that because I am not just not going to do it. I don't <laughs> feel like being extra wrong if I am wrong. I'm not going to be like Dave and just say, oh yeah, this is totally, uh, it's totally Woodford Reserve and it was a rum. Um, <laughs> But anyway, no, this is the chairman's reserve. It's not spicy enough to be that. Sorry, I just like threw myself for my own loop there. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> I'm just going to stick with bourbon. I'm, I'm going to be wrong and I know it and I'm going to be okay with it. Um, anyway, so we're going to go ahead and land this plane because we've been going for quite a while. Now, <laughs> yes, that, we have. Uh, especially my blind. God, this blind has taken me like 15 minutes um, of actual recording time. But anyway, so. Once again, Jordan, thank you for being on this show. We are very happy to have you back with us in the saddle while dad's, you know, doing his thing and we couldn't find a time. We couldn't break the wonderful time that we were having with Dave and the boys in Nashville over the weekend.
1: Thanks for having me. It's always a joy to come, hang out, drink a little bit, talk nonsense, make my food dance, you know, the normal <laughs> things that I do. Yeah. And you know, I always have a blast. I appreciate that you get me a call and let me let me crash again. So yeah,
0: I'm definitely gonna have to talk with Dad about the old. Uh, we're gonna have to get Jordan her own setup.
1: Yeah, where's my mic and headphones?
0: Exactly. So we'll <laughs> have to figure that out. And so next week is going to be either a cocktail week or a wine week. I'm gonna have to get with Dad on that one. I think it's actually supposed to be a cocktail week. I don't know. We've been doing cocktail weeks whenever the frick we want to do them (laughs) lately, so we'll just have to kind of see and just kind of watch out in there in the social land to see what we're doing. And speaking of the social lands, we're out there on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Also, we're on TikTok. Send us an email at acquiredtastings at gmail.com. If you like what we're doing, we would love for you to hit that subscribe button. And then also we love if you just subscribe to us, but also if you want to go out and give us a rating and give us some stars, that is one thing. If you like what we're doing and you want people to know what we're doing, that's a way for us to get up the rankings to be seen a little bit easier. And speaking of things, I happen to look at our, you know, kind of distribution. We've hit all the, all the continents except Antarctica. That's
1: because there's nobody there. I know. And I don't think the penguins are listening.
0: <laughs> but I think the penguins might have some fun. Well, maybe not because I don't do enough uh fish fish yeah. pairings with it. But I we really appreciate all you guys out there. You know, we've it's it was very surprising to me when I looked at that analytic and see and seen that we had downloads on six different continents. It's super exciting. We thank you for the your guys' time we know that you could be spending your time doing a lot of different things during your week and we really appreciate that you at least spend around an hour with us enjoying what we do and we just i don't know we we just thank you for being out there and you know like i said give us a like follow share us with your friends do what you want to do with us and once again i'm josh mills
1: and i'm jordan
0: and we'll see you next time
1: cheers